Hello, hello, OdaFest listeners. I'm Angelo, and I'm here with Nancy and Jay for hello. Season 7, Episode 27 of the OdaFest Podcast. Oh That's a lot of podcasts. That's a lot. We've been talking for many collective hours. Imagine listening for so many hours. Our audience <laughs> are good listeners. They got the ears to prove it. I think they that's do have the lobes. <laughs> the lobes. <laughs> Calling all artists. Odafest Sketch Drive is back for 2022. Get your applications in. Show off your sketch skills by creating a 15-minute masterpiece. Get paid for your work and support Odafest's charity of choice all at the same time. Oh yeah. Oh baby. Holy cow. More guest announcements. Fighting Dreamers Productions will be joining us as cosplay guests. Based out of Vancouver, FDP are well-known in the local cosplay video scene. Find out more about them at odafest.com FDP. Or you can also check out YouTube Fighter Dreamers Productions. Fighting Dreamers Productions, thank you. And on Twitter and Instagram via Twin Fools. That's Twin Fools with a Z. And Nova Vandorwolf. That's Nova V-A-N-D-O-R-W-O-L-F. We've had them before. They're pretty chill people. They, uh, I believe Twin Fools helped us out with some 2021 stream programming. Hosted a panel. Yeah, it was a good panel too. So we're going to have them in person. Uh, we've had them a couple of times, um, but I believe they're making their way back out from Vancouver. I think it'd, it'd be a good reunion between our audience and them. Actually, and, and you know, AK Weir is coming in from Vancouver as well. So everybody's having a good time out in Calgary. Let's go. We're shipping all of Vancouver over to Calgary. Yeah. You know who you are. You know who we're shipping out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... How's it been for you two? It was a busy weekend. It was, it was. a very busy weekend. Uh, but that. it was very nice. Very good. On very Saturday, delicious. Nancy and I actually got to hang out along with, with Dio at, uh, at Dio. another OdaFest staff member's house. We drank oh his rum God. and ate his bulgogi. It was good rum and it was very good bulgogi. Yeah, it was nice. great. It was amazing. I uh, definitely could feel some of that Odafest community spirit coming back. It was a small gathering, but it was just really, really nice. Exactly. Mm. It, 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 it was just, it was nice to get out of the house for a little bit. It's uh, nice to hang out with, uh, with some friends. You know, I agree. it's been a few years since that's been a regular occurrence. Mm -hmm. And it still didn't feel like it was long enough. Like, I could have gone for another six hours of hanging out with Angelo and Dio. I know. Ah, uh, some of the board games. that we, we, we did one very quick board game, and it was pretty fun. Uh, but uh, some of the board games that you can do. Like, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I think the, the game that we played, we played a, a board game called Hunnaby, which is a little tile-based game where you try to make, uh, make some fireworks. Card game. Actually, no, this one was tile-based. It was on Mahjong really? tiles. Yeah. Yeah. 
It is the Deluxe Version 2, and it was very deluxe. It was V-Deluxe, even. Mm. It felt good. I, I feel like all all card games should be based, uh, converted to Mahjong tile-based games. Yeah, this was really fun. Quite frankly, anyone who's playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards with cardboard next year, I think you're living your life wrong. I think oh, you need man. to, uh, I need to just scan the cards and print them onto tiles. Mahjong tiles. I place my tile down, face down, in defense mode. Exactly. I see. Defense mode. You've activated my trap tile. And like, exactly. I'd be like, black eyes, no wait, not black eyes, it's red eyes, black dragon, and you just like hurl the tile at your friend's face. <laughs> and, if it knocks, <laughs> and if it hits them like square in the eye, you'd be like, Bam, I sent you to the shadow 1800, realm. <laughs> that's 1800 life points, biatch. <laughs> Right in the eye. That is I'm a literal I'm sending you black to the eye. shadow realm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This got nice. hardcore to the highest level. It that's, did. It that's, did. We that, just started. That's Yu-Gi-Oh. That's Yu-Gi-Oh. Like Pokemon, it was always sort of like pretty kind of like kid gloves. But like yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, basically, they just use cards as a weapon instead of like actual guns because that's what it felt like all the time. It was like... I'm sending you to the Shadow Realm. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, you've trapped my father or you've killed my brother. And I was like, I don't know how the cards did that, but I'm sure it's an analogy for something. The I don't think it was any guns. analogy for anything. I, I, I think it really was just uh, they were trying to make cardboard seem more intense than it really was. They added motorcycles later. We know that. Oh, yeah. And they also added dual discs, the one like preteen weeb accessory that every child who likes Yu-Gi-Oh wants. Yeah, if you weren't a weeb wearing a Naruto headband and a dual disc, who were you? What were you? Nothing. I never had a dual disc and I never had a Naruto headband. And my life was, uh, it felt incomplete. It really did. I'm kind mm. of, I'm kind of happy about that now. I really am. I, I, I feel like I dodged a bullet. If you didn't, if you didn't still... launch a Beyblade <laughs> off of your dual disc, you were nothing. Oh, oh no. We played Beyblades. Your grandpa's my, deck my cousin was, had was only filled with pathetic cards. My cousin even had some special metal rings for his bl- Beyblades specifically to make oh, sparks. God. Yes. Yeah, that was a What? Yes. I never actually played Beyblade, what? but I know all these things because I watched with jealousy. It was. You watched with jealousy. It was pretty damn good, uh, and quite frankly, while while giant monsters and things never came out of the Beyblades, uh, the fact that they had sparks on them was it. It felt really good, and every now and then, uh, your Beyblade would smash into the other person's so hard, so powerfully that the other one would actually shatter into each of its individual layers. Seriously? Yes. Damn. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that people have broken fingers in that game. Yikes. This is. But what's the. This kind of reminds me of like a more hardcore version of marbles. Mm, If anything, it's probably just a hardcore version of Dreidel. Yeah, I guess so. But like, I just remember kids like smashing (laughs) their fingers against the the large steel marbles that you were supposed to use. Those I, were heavy. Marbles. I played Paul. I never heard about that. 
Oh, I, I heard uh, about people like uh, breaking their their nails, like bruising their thumbs with pogs. Heck yeah, Ooh. those metal pogs slammers before were, pog uh, was cool. <laughs> those metal slammers were quite the the enjoyable yeah. bit. Kids yeah. think that they just that pog is a twitch deal, but pogs <laughs> pogs were what was what back in the day. <laughs> exactly. Um. Uh, I also had a very busy weekend. Very oh, busy. Oh, what did you get up to? I finally, I didn't really go out at all until last weekend for like pretty much any major thing. But I did three things. One of them is not listed in the itinerary. Um, I went to go see Batman. That was the first time I'd returned to a theater since oh, beginning nice. of pandemic. Batman movie was really good. Super enjoyed it. It's like, a perfect description of like when you have the right cast matched with the right script and the right direction. Oh my god! It's it doesn't make it like a perfect sounds, movie, but it's very good. It sounds like an ideal setup right there. I mean, it's probably DC's best offering in a long time, probably since at least Wonder Woman, uh, in terms of live action superheroes. But this is Man, not in the same universe as like Wonder Woman because that's sort of Justice It's League. not the DCEU. Well, there's a problem there. And I don't want to get too deep into this because I don't know enough about it, frankly. But here, there's a there's sort of a... I don't know if it's an actual problem, but I can tell you that it's a problem that Marvel doesn't have right now, which is comparatively, from what I understand, the DCEU has Justice League, right? which is comprised of like Ben Affleck, Batman and Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. And I don't remember who plays Superman, Superman. Uh, That's sort of it's Henry Cavill. That's it. Yes. Henry Cavill. And then there is um, him in his chin. There is uh, uh, Margot Robbie Mm -hmm. and her suicide squad, Mm -hmm. which they don't really mix by the way, like that justice league doesn't really match with this Harley's Suicide Squad. Like the tone is just wrong, right? Like the, the the characters can exist if they were so inclined, but like it just doesn't make sense for them to mix and match these universes because they're not really compatible in the way that they've presented them and directed them in their respective film franchises. Which is exactly the same problem with Batman. This Batman is a Christian Bale Batman. This is a standalone, I don't need uh, a Superman. I don't need like, you know, a Justice League. He is his own Batman, which is a great movie because it's a very detective forward Batman. It's It's got some action to it for sure. It's got a pretty decent little plot line. Again, the casting is amazing, but you don't want to see this Batman go up against... Harley Quinn, as played by Margot Robbie, because even though they're all like great actors and like good casting, it just does not match. It doesn't like, make you sense. Don't, yes. And I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't, but there's a reason why I'm just like mentioning Margot Robbie as, as Harley Quinn. And it's not like, you know, too much of a coincidence there, but like, you know, you can sort of come up to your own conclusions if you haven't seen the movie, but just understanding that again, like, there are three different DC universes right now, and none of them 
can collide, which is maybe for the best for them. I don't know. I really don't. But it doesn't Well, I mean, like, my personal opinion about it has been that the DCEU is just stop trying. Just really. Or just enjoy it for what it is, right? Anytime that they're, like, on their own, Mm -hmm. they can be pretty good. But as soon as you have too many heroes working in the same movies, Mm -hmm. uh, it gives you a lot more of a challenge to give each character, like, the the spotlight they deserve. And even if you even if you look at like the uh the the Marvel uh Avengers movies, mm-hmm. they still for the most part revolve around one or two characters, or they try to get the group back together as fast as possible. Like the first half of like the first Avengers movie was them all going their separate ways, having a big argument, and then the rest of the time they were like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, ca- the the character is all of them together, if you will. But part of the issue is that they can sort of all coexist because there's something that I want to bring up that's very specific to Batman. And I'm not even saying this movie, but Batman in general, which is there's a real problem with the power balance that you may, you may love Batman as a character. I certainly do. I grew up with Batman. He's sort of my superhero character as I had growing up, same way that a lot of kids have like Spider-Man nowadays. But, like, the problem is that he has no superpowers. His superpower is that he's the world's greatest detective, he's a rich boy, and he has gadgets, and he knows how to overcome uh, almost every obstacle in his way. But he, at the end of the day, he has no other great resource other than, like, you could say his brain, right? And everyone's like, oh, well, you know, you, you, there was like, oh, Batman versus Superman. That's always a thing. But like the truth is, is in the DC universe, Batman is nothing but an underpowered, you know, human who looks after a city where he has a neighbor who's, you know, one of his great allies in Superman who takes over or takes over, but who looks at, over the world, you know, looks after the world and Sometimes the galaxy or the universe, like depending on how far they want to stretch things. And all of his friends do the same thing. Like Wonder Woman fights gods, you know, (laughs) it's a very unbalanced fight. So Batman sort of needs his own universe and he exists in his own universe in Gotham really well. But that's part of the problem of why you can't bring DCEU stuff too much into it. Because, you know, you can't really have the super powered villains start coming in because in gritty, realistic settings, he loses out every time by virtue of being just a human boy, orphan boy, you know? Like, you're, you're, you're completely right. Batman doesn't really fit in very well there. And uh, we kind of no. saw that. Like, Even Iron Man has has. We kind power. of saw that uh, the same way in, in the Marvel movies. Like, seriously, who cared about Hawkeye? Did anyone care about Hawkeye? What was Hawkeye there to do? He's a Fan good guy. Fan girl flames. He's a good. Come on, there are so many characters you can fan uh, girl over. So Hawkeye seems strange as a. Selection. But like that's that's the kind of thing when you've got like Norse gods rolling around, you've got you've got men in exoskeletons that can withstand nuclear missile bombs. You and got rich. the literal Hulk. Mm-hmm. Who who's this guy who can shoot arrows well doing? Mm-hmm. What what is he doing? It, and so it, Batman it, sort of the when problem, you're when right? you're up against like like omnipotent aliens, literal Amazon goddesses, uh 
the, uh, goddamn Aquaman, fish boy. <laughs> but he, like all least, he has, like, all he has is power, money right? and prep time. Yep. Yep. So it's it's hard to reconcile. But all that being said, Batman is a good movie. Robert Pattinson does a good job. Um, I don't really like him as a person. Weirdly, like I, not as a person. I meant like his his like sort of. His characterization, media, of his Bruce media Wayne. personality, like because I watched some, I, I I tried to find some like uh, interviews on chat shows and stuff with him. He's not very fun to watch for me at all in that respect. But he's a, I I always thought of him as a half decent actor. I never ta- saw him in Twilight or anything. Doesn't really care. The only other thing I know about him from is like Harry Potter, but he died in that movie. Spoilers. Um, he was in Harry Potter. I had no idea. Long time ago. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, girls fan girled about him. Uh, he was a Hufflepuff, the Hufflepuff that died in the Triwizard Tournament. I know this. Oh yes, right. But I him. don't. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't like. He he's just presented as like a really good guy, and he's sort of like a, a martyr in some ways, or like fair enough. Yeah, that's his character in that show or in the movies slash series or whatever. Anyways, aside from all that, does a good job. Again, great casting, great directing. Would really recommend go seeing it. I think they can make a pretty good trilogy out of it. I hope they don't screw it up. And even if they do screw up, pretty good first movie. So That's nice. You won't be That's disappointed. That's good. Continuing on this long weekend. It wasn't a long weekend, but it was a busy weekend for me. Um, I went to go see, for a last minute, got an invite to a drag comedy show. That was being performed slash hosted by Bianca Del Rio, uh, which is for people who don't know, uh, RuPaul season six winner. So a while back, but she's one of the biggest personalities, one of like the most popular ones. And I've never really followed too, too much. Like I've watched a lot of RuPaul with friends, but it's not like I personally follow a lot of seasons, but the show was really good and neat. Went out to the casino for that. Um, won some money. Oh my god! Also you actually nice. won some money at the casino. I usually Dang. win money at the casino. Like I guess I can't I w- say that I, I mean, ever do. Did you win more money and walk out with more than you walked in with? So I here's the say. thing. So the the thing was like I said, fun show. I don't want to talk about it because it's got it gets very racy, <laughs> kind of. Uh-huh. So I can't talk about it, but it was very entertaining. Dang it! So it was fun to um, support that show, but. Uh, so afterwards we're at the casino parking lot and it's packed of people getting out. So we're like, let's just go back in the casino and kill some time, you know, play some games, some table games. And we settle on blackjack. And this is the thing I almost always do when I go to a casino. This is like my habit. I take out $40, which is not a lot of money, especially at a casino. I go find a game that I'm comfortable with. Sometimes that's craps, blackjack or poker usually. I play, I'll usually win a couple of hands, enough to make my $40 back. Then I just play with what I have made. And I do one of two things. If I'm feeling like I want to make money, I'll try and play more seriously. If I'm not trying to play or I'm not really caring to win, I will just play with the money that I've won. And if I lose it all, then I just leave with my initial investment in my pocket. Ah. That's what I do. It's so just sometimes if you're no... feeling spicy, you'll tell them to hit you when you got a 20 in your hand. <laughs> uh, that has happened. Oh, I see what you did there. Yes. But yeah, so 
you know, just had a little fun, killed some time, won some cash. But on the last hand, uh, my friend who was running low on chips decided to just put it all out because we were going to leave soon anyways. So I was just like, oh, I'll just put out all the winnings I've made, which was probably about 60 bucks over the 40 that I made. I had about 100 total. Damn. And I lost the 60. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And it was just for fun, you know? But it killed half an hour, and I don't really go gamble very much. So it was a good time. Nice. And then we also I've only <laughs> I've only done casino gambling once. And uh, my budget at the time wasn't very high. And I was really only there to spend a... Uh, uh, to, to burn some time. So I went in with 20 bucks. And uh, at a blackjack table, I went there with Dio. And I think I ran out of my 20 bucks in 15 minutes. Oof. Gotta be careful. You gotta know how to sort of play things. Um, I'm not saying like That's I'm super right. savvy to it. But like I've, I've had enough experience and enough fun there that I kind of know what I'm in there for. When I go in there and spend 40 bucks... Even if I lost 40 bucks, let's say I never make that $40 back. I'm like, this is for entertainment. $40 is what I would spend for like a little bit of dinner and a movie kind of deal. You know what I mean? So it's not really a huge, like I'm not a huge loss. I have made some pretty good gains in the past, but like I can't say that that's always repeatable or like something I can always do. But I usually, like I said, I usually come back. If I withdraw 40 bucks, I usually get to keep 40 bucks at the end of it. Nice. That's usually my goal anyways. That way I was like, oh, you know, I gambled, but I had fun. I have never frequented casinos, so I guess I wouldn't know that, but that sound that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, some people are really into it for like the actual gambling aspect. I just see it as a game more than anything, and I don't feel like investing that much into a game anyways, but like would have been like I could have walked out with the 60 extra dollars. People could be like, well, why didn't you? It's like, because I didn't actually lose anything. You could say I won. I could have won, but it doesn't change a whole lot. It would have been like a nice dinner or two at most, right? But like, there are times where I've made significantly more, and then I've actually walked out because I'm like, this is a sort of ridiculous amount of money to just walk away from, you know? So I don't usually just throw it all away like that, but there are times. Nice. I've I watched some YouTube videos about like how card counting works and nope. uh the the channel got a a professional gambler on the show, a guy who literally makes his living going to different casinos and just gambling. Wow. And the whole idea that people literally can make a living off of just gambling at casinos and actually like, legitimately make a profit out of it just sounds completely ridiculous completely so here's something can i can i tell you something interesting about card counting sure casinos can kick you out for guard card gambling but it is not strictly illegal yeah it's not cheating it's just that they don't want you to be winning because that's not how they make money which is fair yeah so Okay, given the number of casinos we have here in this city, at what point do you just run out of casinos to go to? People who do that, who who run card counting rackets and things like that, are generally always moving. But the other thing is, in this day and age, that's much harder to be doing because people 
like the pit bosses know you. Oh yeah. They know who they're looking for because they're on the lookout because again, casino is a business. They do not want to lose money. They're happy to pay out every now and then, but they're not happy to pay out someone who's just tr- trying to make money off of them. Exactly. Yeah, the general rule is you pay out every now and again, but never more than you actually make because you no, need to keep no, the not place at all. running. Yeah. My so, understanding, like on the on the general numbers, is to pay out something like in the 10 or 15% area. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the one thing that I learned from the card counting aspect of it is that uh, it's not the card counting itself that's hard. The card counting part is easy. It's card counting in real time. Uh, that is difficult. And according to it, the profit margins you can expect over a few nights of gambling uh, are in the 3 to 4% range. Mm-hmm. So you have to have massive capital to begin with to make it worth anything at all. Well, mm-hmm. there's there's this whole thing about... So we're talking about blackjack when we're talking card counting, but... You know, some games are more skilled than others. Some are more random and chance and a lot, you know, all of it just comes down to probability. But when I'm talking about skill, we're talking things like poker, for example, where you're trying to read your opponent's hand so that you can try and gain an advantage. But in a casino setting where you're not playing a tournament against other players, you're mostly just playing against the dealer who is the house. Um, You know, none of that really matters. You're not going to intimidate the dealer (laughs) who works for the casino. But... (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, they, it's funny because statistically speaking, um, from somewhere I read, uh, the probability, the, the game that has the best probability of you winning, I'm not saying you're making, you know, the, the winning amount is based on how much you're betting, of course, but the mean, uh, the mean average of you sort of winning on any given game, the best odds are playing craps, which is a dice game. Uh, not surprising, in a sense, because it's less controlled in some ways. Like they can only manipulate the odds so much on pretty much random physical action, um, especially when that random physical action is also made by the player, not by the house, uh, as in like roulette, for example. But that's fair. Yeah, I know a lot of little things about casinos. If you ever want to go, Nance, we can go, but we won't play for you know. We're not going to go crazy. Just enough to I have mean, fun. casinos, some casinos in town also have decent dim sum, I'm told. Oh, my. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the reason yeah, so right okay. there. Yeah. So that's Food. the reason. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah. Go stuff myself I at put the a dim sum bar on then... black. <laughs> They're like, please. <laughs> and then be way sir, too food coma e to think straight. Sir, leave. <laughs> yeah. I see, I see your egg bun. And raise you some barbecue pork. Oh my! You you do not want me to throw in these chicken legs. You, I throw in this tripe. Mm-hmm. Oh Speaking my god! Of Asian food. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet, but somebody has. Yes. Turning red. So, not gonna lie, there are multiple food uh, shots in Turning Red that are animates here quality in the way they show the food. Like Pixar, oh, no. the Pixar animators were watching some anime and they're like, look at, look at these anime plebs. They're cutting their cabbage. They're making it look super good. There is mm-hmm. this entire, entire anime about how the food is so amazing that it makes people's clothes explode off. We are, we are going to raise the bar a little bit. 
but this is a kid show. Red, Turning Red was actually uh, a really great movie. I only learned about it like a week ago I've because really someone things. said that uh, uh, one of my stream assets reminded them of something in the movie. Oh. And so. That's one hell of a compliment. Well, they, it, it, was, it was, it's a little pink like poof cloud. And that's mm-hmm. why it reminded them of the movie. So the basis is, the basis of Turning Red is that this, this uh, uh, Canadian Asian family with a temp, with a, uh, Temple to their ancestors and red pandas living in Toronto. Uh, their daughter turns into a red panda. Oh my god! Spoilers. Just like mm-hmm. the mom and Brave turned into a bear, but this time it's the daughter. And not a cur- wait. Can you tell me if it's a- wait? No, actually, I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything about the story. But no matter what, like it, it, it looked to me like the main thing about the story. It was trying to like. Emphasize the friendships, the friendships that you make when you're when you're in school, when you're a kid and everything like that, how important they can be, how much they can affect your life. Uh, But the animation was just so good. Like, I mean, it's Pixar. Pixar is really good at animation. I know last I know last week I was talking about and we were talking about like 3D animation reboot versus X-Arm versus like Arcane. (laughs) <laughs> and you can't really compare uh, TV shows to to movie animation. The budgets just Aww. don't even come close to being the I same. I really wanted to. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. I'm just saying that <laughs> don't do you it. have someone who can afford 20-minute TV shows versus someone who is putting millions. millions you, you have and millions. the wrath of the mouse hammering down... The frames into a two-hour uh, uh, thing. But, Film, movie, whatever. Exactly. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I make that anime comparison because I really feel like it was anime-inspired in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Like, the character designs are very Pixar character designs. I'm not going to say that they're anime character designs. They aren't. But a lot of the facial expressions that they make, 100% feel anime inspired like whenever they see a cute thing their eyes go all huge googly eyed they get all like 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 the bright uh uh glossy bits in it uh they do like the little three mouth at some points in time like but three mouth it was so on point you you know little little three mouth w three mouth you know sure but uh (laughs) yeah i do i really enjoyed the movie it was very cute it was very wholesome and uh, the last Pixar movie that I watched was Moana, mm-hmm. which it was an all right movie. But my problem with Moana was that uh, it didn't really feel like the main character had any agency of her own. Like she was saying, I want to do the thing. And it just felt like any time she could have possibly failed at doing the thing, a deus ex machina put her back on track. Like, mm. oh, no, I'm falling off the boat. Well, the ocean just puts you back on your boat for well, you. Well, there, there is go, literally sweetie, sort of good gods time. at work in that movie. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's kind of the point. But I feel like it makes for bad storytelling. Because mm. why did she even need the boat if the ocean was just going to put her there anyway? Why didn't she just walk into the water and just appear at the other island? Mm. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, because they need some kind of story. But there, it, it just felt like there was no tension or anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Turning Red, I felt like the story 
uh, it felt like the characters in the story had more agency over the story. It, it, mm-hmm. it felt like the characters' decisions actually mattered. Like they mm-hmm. were the actual ones making the decision, if you get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, good. It, it, it just made the story feel more real. That's fair. Also, the Canadian represent- representation was on point. They got they got those five dollar bills a flying. When when was the last time you saw like Canadian representation in a film? The last Scott Pilgrim one I vs. Can... the World. Yeah, that was the one I was gonna <laughs> pick. I was like, the last time I remember someone exploding into loonies and toonies was Scott Pilgrim. Ah. So and nice here's to the see. thing, like like Scott Pilgrim, it felt like haha Canada as a setting, but nothing felt Canadian. This one. <laughs> I mean, it's very vague what feeling Canadian is, but it did, if you get me. Uh, that, I, that puts I a lot feel of like they did it. In my heart. I feel like they did it justice. They did it right. They did it very well. I enjoyed the movie. So I haven't watched it. I don't have a lot to say about it, especially since I know nothing about the story other than she turns into a red panda. But uh, some voice actors that I hang out with Whoa. mentioned specifically that they really enjoyed uh, the representation of kids who have diabetes in the film. Because what? that is something that they themselves have not seen in that big of a film ever. Mm. Crazy. There and was that, a kid that makes diabetes. me feel really happy too. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Not going to lie. Uh, there were a couple of kids with diabetes patches on, apparently. Interesting. Oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, that's just, so, it, it's see, just again, like, I, very real. I like it. Yeah. Like, again, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it, but I, mm-hmm, it makes mm-hmm. me happy when people point out that they're feeling represented in a Pixar film. Like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. that I just mean, like, it was a really good movie. But at the same time, have you guys seen any of the discourse around it online? Like, Others, no, because I don't no. want to. I don't Other want than to have that a one piece. No, one thing. I so, don't want. I, I, I do want to watch it when it comes out on the the Disney main Plus. conflict. I'm just yeah. going to say the main conflict is mostly uh, the main character, uh, Maylin, and her mom. Just just not always being on the same page. You know, typical never typical in early teen stuff. Mom being overbearing, the child wanting freedom. It's not like we haven't had exceptionally good animated movies before, like the Goofy movie on the exact same subject. Uh But uh, that is the main kind of uh, of, uh, uh, conflict driving the series. Yeah. And almost every single, almost every single uh, criticism of the movie that I've seen so far is written up from an obviously parent perspective being like, what? How dare this movie glorify the child not listening to their parents? How dare Disney and Pixar do this to us? Why why would they suggest such a thing? This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I I think it's interesting because I have, you know, I I think we all have friends that um, have kids now and like, I'm starting to listen in on their sort of discourse around having kids and like the experience they have. And like, you know, they, they have concerns about parenting. I don't want to get, you know, into this because I don't know, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. But um, a lot of it is like not myself, not having kids, but I like kids enough 
it's interesting to hear because some part of parenting takes away your understanding of what it is to be a kid. Oh, yeah. I hear that, like, you know, I hear their concerns on, like, you know, their safety issues and, you know, they're always concerned for them. And I'm like, I get all these things because we were all like that. Like, I, you know, we were friends 15 years ago and, and these were the things that, like, we didn't care about at the time because we, you know, were headstrong and thought we knew better. But in some ways we do. Like, we, we are still our own persons and sometimes it's like as a parent it's hard to see that or we are overbearing because of that is what I'm starting to see and hear a little bit and I'm like I'm not sad or like gonna tell them how to raise their kids but I do like try to remind them it's like you're slowly forgetting what it is to be a kid remember that you were a child once yeah and that I am still a giant man child (laughs) to remind you (laughs) On top of that, this this isn't a new kind of concept for movies, and not no. even a new concept for Disney. Like, I mean, I literally mentioned Goofy, a Goofy movie, where yeah. it was oh, yeah. basically Max's disobedience to Goofy to go see a concert that was the driving force behind the plot. And, and but there's also something like, like Mulan, where Mulan not listening to her parents to go save yeah. China was the plot or there was also the little mermaid where the little mermaid not listening her dad to her dad because she wanted to make out with a guy drove the plot like but i mean like, but he's seriously. just so pretty angelo oh, and, and like this is it new for example as well with like jasmine and like the sultan and stuff but like part of it as well is that like especially with the goofy tale is that like when you're young you'll side with max but the older you get you side with goofy right because you just see like you know, Are you Goofy kidding? When I was younger, I was totally on Goofy's side because I totally would have wanted to go on a fishing trip. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I okay. was like, concerts? Fuck that noise. Let's go on the fishing trip. Hell yeah, let's go. I mean, maybe Angelo just <laughs> To be good, fair, I probably would have been the same way. I would have. I am the same way as well, but I think, you know, when I first watched that movie, I was like, it's easy to, again, see the viewpoint of the kid more than it is the viewpoint of the dad. But again, oh no, one hundred percent, absolutely, you're right. You can, you can definitely, definitely you know, I, frame I feel it that for way. my friends. I feel for my friends because I, at the end of the day, I know why they're concerned. I know that they want the best for Man. the kids, as 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 our parents do for us, and all that kind of stuff. And you don't really see what your parents want for you. Like we don't see the big picture very well when we're young, you know. Um, that well, yeah, kind <laughs> of reminds me, just as a small tangent, how. Mm-hmm. For for Hideakiano with Evangelion, they were having such a hard time writing uh, Evangelion Rebuild Four, and <laughs> in in Ano's words, it was that when he made Evangelion the first time, he felt like Shinji, but now it was hard to write for Shinji because he felt Ooh, he more like Gendo. Gendo. That's hilarious. <laughs> Or like um, That's pretty Misaki. Mm. I um, in the same vein, as sort of talking about you know growing up and becoming more of an adult. One of my favorite things that I enjoy as an adult is grocery shopping, and it's not a surprise. I think I've said it before, but I just like you know I like food, and that means like cooking and eating and preparing and buying groceries included by in the buying of food. And one of my favorite things that happens to me as an adult is when I find 
good deals at the grocery store. Oh God, store. I know what but you like mean. But like not, but I don't take a flyer with me. Like I don't have coupons or flyers. But when I'm just walking along and like I find a treasure of a of a deal, I'm just like, I could buy this, right? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm an adult, right? Because like well, so like, like months ago, I had uh, I was walking along in superstore and I found like New Zealand rack of lamb. Mm. And usually that stuff is like twenty five to thirty bucks per rack, right? Like it's okay. It's not cheap, but it's uh, like you know uh, you get what you can get. But that day or for that week or whatever, they sold them for ten dollars a rack. God so damn! I bought eight. <laughs> eight. <laughs> I spent eight. I bought eight ra- racks of lamb, so I stuffed them oh, in my freezer. Oh my god! And I like slowly oh have been going through them. And now I'm down to two racks of lamb. And this is like four months ago. So like I'm, I'm you know, I'm slowly making my way through them. I bought a sous vide, like, you know, everything One good. lamb a week. God, Damn. I Today, just... earlier today, I was walking along in that same superstore. And I found duck breasts. Let's yeah. go. For 30% off. And normally duck breast isn't that expensive, but it's also not a huge cut of meat. It's, it's. About the same size as a chicken breast at best, except for one chicken breast, it's probably about three or four dollars per like breast, but a single duck breast is about eight dollars. But this was 30% off, so I got them for like five bucks. And I God damn, let's go. Nine of those. <laughs> oh my God. You're the and reason I, they give like, they give total limits. And then I, that, you're the reason they the put freezer. like two per customer on some tags. And I've yeah, never like maximum three. Myself. I've never cooked duck for myself, but I'm like, this is worth it. And that's, this is why I have a freezer of any kind. I just put them in and now. What kind of know. a freezer do you have that I you just can have fit a, eight racks of lamb? A rack of lamb isn't very big. Are they not the, what they I'm have, thinking like, maybe of? They're, 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 I'll post a picture for you in Discord, but a rack of oh, lamb is not uh, okay. large. All right. It's like it's like I, I guess it's probably about f- six hundred grams of meat, four hundred to six hundred grams of meat. That's um, a lot. Which pretty. is not like necessarily small, but like you know, you've had a lamb lollipop, right? Like just a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I love like how you call it a lollipop. That is not the quite the image I was going for, but I, I get you. Is a rack like four of those? No, it's, yeah, like, it's like this is. I mean, this is a prepared. This is sorry. I know this is great for a uh, audio podcast, <laughs> these pictures. <laughs> Just go to Google yourself, type rack of lamb, and and put go to images, and you can see it for yourself, okay? <laughs> wow. But, uh, but there's like I six, know what you mean. Yeah, there's like six bones on, on a rack, and it's not that much. I mean, it's probably guess, enough okay. for two servings, you know. Sales like can be exciting. Yes. Even yes, if it's not absolutely. for something like fancy, you know? Yes. Like sometimes I'll go to the I'll go to the grocery store and I'll see like pork tenderloin mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. on for half off. Mm-hmm. And nice. I'm like you oh, do you, ever you get are those... coming to my freezer. Do you ever get those pork logs? <laughs> it's like that logs. that it's that uh probably about 3 or 4 kilos of pork uh, uh basically like a giant pork chop that you just like you have cut to cut it into yourself. Chops yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you have to cut yours, but and it comes in a, like a giant plastic like a sock, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But like, they're only usually about maybe twenty five bucks for like. They're an amazing deal. 
Yes. So if I if I know I have room, I will obs- I will always consider doing it because I'll take it home, I'll cut it in half, freeze one half, chop up chop up the rest into like servings, and then maybe put half of those in the freezer so they're ready to be defrosted, and then keep the rest for you know cooking for the week kind of thing. Dude, exactly. I, yeah. I do good. this with pork belly whenever I see it at Costco because when you see Costco pork belly, it's like it's a lot. Yeah. You really can only freeze, like you can probably only really cook like uh, a third of that package of pork belly. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I hear you. Mm, pork belly. But yeah, just the... the It's exciting. Grocery deals. That's what gets me excited. Yeah, grocery deals. It's a, good adre- it's a good adrenaline rush. The other nice uh... thing, like when it comes to grocery stores, deals are great. But uh, if I'm not in a rush, sometimes I'm in a rush and I'm just looking for, to get like the, f- the 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 specific things that are on my list, but sometimes when I'm just there for maybe a snack run or maybe just I don't have anything to do when it's still like one in the afternoon, uh, mm-hmm. taking a look at the different ingredients, finding something that they carry that you have never cooked with before or never really used before. Do you ever get like the urge to just buy it and figure out what to do with it? I've done um, that before. Sometimes. I've done that before with. Uh, artichokes i saw like actual fresh good quality artichokes at the store once and i i had never cooked with them but i like saw them and immediately i was like i'm gonna take you home and figure out what i'm gonna do with you so i can relate to that right now because i've Mm -hmm. never cooked duck breast i've had duck breasts and i've had duck in general but i've never cooked duck breast myself but when i saw these perfectly you know packaged pieces of duck and i was like it's good deal and i'm like i don't know how cook duck i'm like i can learn i'm not a bad cook so i bought nine duck breasts (laughs) not knowing how to cook any (laughs) i'm probably gonna get laughed at because uh you two are asian but i'd never actually cooked leeks before until like uh, a month ago good oh oh i'm good like I, I, my understanding was that well, they're just big ass green onions. Yeah, uh-huh. I've eaten onions before, so no, why do I have to go get leeks? Different flavor the other, profile. The other, so like different a month texture. ago, I was thinking about, it and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get some leeks, and I'm just, I'm going to figure out grilled leeks mm-hmm. because I've, I've seen it before. I've heard that it's good. I'll just try it out, see what it's like, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, it was it was good. It goes well with nice. pretty much most fatty types meats. Like, it goes well with pork very well. It goes well having, with the duck. Having the, 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 the grilled leek the one night, I fit it into, I had two other meals within, by the end of the next week, where I just gone out specifically grabbed leeks and, and did the same way. And they're cheap. They're cheap. I meal. felt like they're not that cheap, though. I don't like, know where you I, went to I, go I felt get like them. I was spending like, four or five bucks to get uh, enough leaks for the family for for me dio and my mom Mm. maybe that's the thing i don't have to buy for a family i have no family to provide for yeah like if it's if it's just you and if you really really like them you're probably gonna get like two leaks right i bought nine duck breasts (laughs) five beans duck breasts well maybe maybe correct me if i'm wrong would you guys freeze leeks? Would you guys buy no. like a hundred leeks and freeze some? I don't think no, you can. Absolutely they would just, not. They would get annihilated. Most plant matter doesn't freeze very well. But exactly, I will lead, that's I will why I would only buy this. like 
like four, maybe six leaks at a time. Let me end with this. Going back to Superstore, there is another deal that I like, and it has to do with frozen veggies. And normally you don't, I don't really care for frozen veggies. But one veggie that does okay when it's being frozen is spinach. Oh, it. And they have these bricks of frozen spinach. I'm not even joking. It's like a small brick of frozen spinach. It weighs about 300 grams, which is actually a pretty decent amount considering, like, it's already technically fully cooked. You just have to warm it up in, like, a microwave or on the stovetop. It doesn't really matter. But you can get 10 of them for $10, 10 packages for a dollar each. That's the actual deal. Damn. If you, buy, if you buy less than 10, then it's a slightly higher price or whatever. Damn. But it's great to stock that up in your freezer because you can take the spinach, warm it up anytime, throw it in like a pasta sauce, throw it in a stir fry. It's just easy and oh, I yeah. think arguably cheaper than fresh spinach, which you would have to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I, fresh I, spinach I, is expensive you, as hell. Yeah. And unless you want to make a salad out of that spinach, the fresh spinach, the frozen spinach is fine. If it's for cooking... I recommend exactly. I recommend highly. Hmm. Anyways, I recommend that we say goodbye for the night. Thank you for listening. I recommend that we say good day for the night. I recommend. I said a good a day. I recommend nine out of ten doctors, but that last doctor, one, I do not. A sussy baka. <laughs> it's true. Goodbye. Goodbye. Nice.